The following sermon is by Dan Thomas, pastor and teacher at Community Church in Edwardsburg, Michigan. If you've never visited us at Community Church, we invite you to join us at 28647 US 12 West in Edwardsburg. And now, here is Pastor Dan Thomas. And Father, we thank you that we can take time and sing of your goodness this day. We thank you, too. Man, what a privilege just to be able to speak the name of Jesus, the power that is in that name, to proclaim that uh, over our families, uh, over our contacts outside of our families, over our church, over our world this day. Uh, Lord, may you be lifted up even greater now in our presence as we seek to exalt the Prince of Peace. In your name, amen. You may be seated. I want to start with a uh, kind of a weird word of explanation here for a second. I, I talked to quite a few folks today. It seemed like a pretty good holiday weekend. Michigan fans seem to be in particular excited today. Uh, I'm sorry about the other faithful uh, fan base that we have here in our church. It wasn't quite so pretty last night, but, uh, but I know Michigan had a good time. If some of you wonder about the, the apparel, that's, uh, we just have people that are just out of control. You see, some people don't know how to keep sports in proper perspective. Like, well, okay, forget that. Uh, I do re really well when my team stinks. Other than that, uh, I, I get pretty bad if they actually win. But uh, uh, we, Francis and I had a great uh, holiday. We, we actually uh, went out to Nebraska to meet my son from Colorado and my daughter. We rented a home and did Thanksgiving already there, on, I'm sorry, on Thursday. And then we don't get to see everybody at Christmas, so we did Christmas on Friday. Tonight, my wife and I are going to try to stay up till midnight. Uh, yeah, I'll, try, I'll try to keep her sober. No, uh, we, we can do that. But, but, and then we'll just have the holidays all gone. But no, we had a great time. I did want to uh, just say just a word of explanation. We, um, and this is pure laziness. I was gone quite a bit this week, and I, went, I knew we'd get back in last evening. We did about 6.30, and I was supposed to come in and get some work done last night. But I got home, and I was just like, I don't want to. Uh, so I you know, unloaded the car and sat down and watched some of the football game and went to bed. And I thought, I'm getting up early this morning and get in here. So the alarm goes off this morning, just beeps twice. And, I, and then it stopped. I'm like, that's really weird. I looked up, and the, uh, the alarm clock, I thought, had just short-circuited or something. Something went off. Well, the power went out. And, uh, and we do have well water, so that kind of changed things in our dynamic this morning. Uh, we were powerless, so I stumbled out and found a flashlight and went around. So yeah, I just say that. In case, if you look and say it looks like he got dressed in the dark, yes, I did. Um, if you get a close view, which you don't want because I didn't have a shower this morning, but if you get a close view, you'll say, doesn't that guy have a razor? And you'll understand a little bit. Uh, fortunately, my beard comes in a little on the slow side, so I, th I think we're okay as long as you don't get close and you don't want to do that. So... So we should be good. However, uh, I've been excited all uh, the last month as we started to talk about the names of God. Couldn't wait to get to this one, talking about the, uh, the uh, peace, uh, uh, the Prince of Peace, and talk about the, priest of, uh, the peace of God today. So I'm going to start you off with a verse that um, I think can kind of be a basis that we'll, we'll keep coming back to here for the next few weeks. Uh, the verse is found in the book of John, chapter 16, verse 33. Before the, we read that, uh, just to give you a little context for that, chapter 15 is where Jesus talked about the fact that he is the vine and we are the branches, talked about being tied into him. And then it talked about the whole idea of knowing his joy even in hard times. So we're tied into him. We know his joy even 
even in the midst of hard times. And then it does also talk in those sections about the fact that in this world, we will have trouble. In other words, that is going to come, but yet we can have peace. So let's look at what he said here. He said, I have said these things to you that in me, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Okay, now, if we could highlight a couple things in here, Jesus says that you will have peace, but don't miss those other two words that are highlighted, in me. And the source of everything there is that, that idea. You know, when we were singing, I just want to speak the name of Jesus, in your name is peace. That's where we're going to find it. So we're going to take uh, a, dec- a few weeks, really, to look at how this peace can be part of our lives, okay, and, and really dig into that idea uh, as we explore this. You remember, of course, on that, uh, you think of the Christmas message and the Christmas story, and uh, what did the angels come and say? Peace on earth, goodwill to men, makes a great greeting card there. Uh, so the, the proclamation is there, and we have been exploring from Isaiah chapter 9 the names of Christ. We looked at the wonderful counselor. And you remember this perfectly because you just hang on every word I say each week, I know, and take thorough notes and go home and meditate on it. But when we went through Wonderful Counselor and we, we dug into the Hebrew of that, the word wonderful, sorry, I have a lot of uh, clone on today just to cover the shower thing, so it might be a little asphyxiating. Uh, but, uh, the, um, but the, what was I talking about? Oh, Wonderful Counselor. Uh, the idea that God is... Um, uh, in, in a way that man can't even understand wonderfully, he is that counselor that, that focuses us into Jesus Christ and into his path. So he counsels us, he guides us into the paths of God in a way that we don't completely grasp. And then we looked at the idea of the mighty God, uh, almighty hero or champion. He is our hero. And then last week we looked at the idea of the everlasting Father and saw that that is not saying that the Jesus and the Father are one. Uh, indeed, it is saying that the rule of Jesus will be a paternal rule where the perfect Father, the perfect parent, uh, rules forever. And we, and we were able to look at what the perfect parent looks like and that Father that we have in Jesus Christ, that He is fatherly and that He is the everlasting Father. So today we go to the Prince of Peace. Now, as we dig into the Hebrew, I say things like that, I just, everybody gets so excited. Yes, let's dig into the Hebrew. Uh, but I know some of you are ahead of me already, if you think about it, because you know the Hebrew word for peace. Shalom, that is very good, those of you who are all over that. So we, as we think about that word here, that word shalom with me this morning, you think of that as a greeting, shalom, peace be with you, that idea. When I dig into that word, I find a few, there's more than this, but a few of the main ideas that come up. So when I say to somebody shalom, or peace be with you, or, or whatever that is, uh, this these ideas come through loud and clear. One is the idea of fulfillment. There is a fullness that brings peace. In fact, that's the main idea. Okay, we have peace in Jesus, uh, peace in Christ, uh, and uh, because we have that, we are full of Him. And you watch people all the time who are trying to fill up their lives with everything else and trying to find that peace. And what we want then is to strive for the idea that we have our fullness in Him, resting in Him. We know that. So it is not impacted, it is not affected, and it is not diminished by the circumstances in our lives. We can still know that peace. And not only that, but we can also know delight or we can know joy in Him because we have 
that peace in Christ. He is in our life. Remember back in our passage in John, I said, you know, talked a lot about the hard times that this that we're going to face in this world, the tribulation that is here. And we'll explore that a little bit more as we go through. But in spite of all that, we can have peace, we can have delight, and we can have a life that is marked by flourishing. However, we have a little problem here. That is our problem. <laughs> Just what you came to church to see today. Uh, this little statue here, I don't know if you could tell what is happening here. This guy has a hammer, and he's beating on a what? Anybody can tell me? A sword. And he is beating that sword into a plowshare. Some of you know that. This is a verse uh, prophecy in Isaiah that that's what will happen when peace has come. The sword is going to be beat into a plowshare. Now, here's your one of your main trivia questions of the day. Geography, does anybody know where the statue stands? It stands outside a building in New York City, the home of the United Nations. I think I heard that out there. United Nations is pretty good. The questions get easier as we go. We have some uh, Rock and roll questions later. Those will be easier. Uh, but uh, last week we got Randy Travis like that. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, this, bit, this, this statue stands really across the street from the United Nations. The United Nations was established after World War II, uh, and it's going to keep the peace, right? We're going to keep the world peace in the United Nations. That's, that's what's going to happen. That's going to make sense. How many years of peace, how many years without any wars have they had since they established the United Nations? Zero. <laughs> and this ain't working out too well. Uh, so, we, so the first thing that I want to talk about when we talk about the idea of peace is the idea that there is a great deal of frustration because it doesn't really seem like there is peace. Jerusalem is called the city of peace. But if you're familiar at all with the history of Jerusalem, no, it's not there. You know, so, so why, are, why are we talking about peace and the Prince of Peace when there doesn't seem to be peace? Sorry, I'm into playing history of trivia today. Who said... Peace, gentlemen may cry, peace, peace, but there is no peace. I don't know why that accent was in there. Uh, it just came. Uh, anybody know who said that? Patrick Henry. Okay, you flunked history. Okay, you got, a couple of you got the geography, but you're flunking history real, real bad. Uh, he's, the next scale will sweep from the north. We'll bring to our ears the crash of resounding arms. Okay, uh, we'll, stop, we'll stop there. But peace, peace, but there is no peace. A lot of times that's what we want to cry when we look at the world in which we live. Would you agree with me? Is there peace, uh, if you want to say, as far as nature is concerned? No, there's tornadoes, there's hurricanes, there's uh, floods, there's erosion, there's all this stuff is going on. The world itself is not as peace. Is there peace as far as community and relationships go? Yes, perfect peace as far as that goes, especially politically. Uh, everybody just loves everybody. We don't even care who gets elected. Uh, it's all going to be good. Is there peace as far as families are concerned? For a large part, our world doesn't know that. Uh, for a lot of people, and, and, and I'm sorry if this was your situation, but uh, you know, Thanksgiving is, can we survive? <laughs> yeah, the family's coming, can we survive? Our world is without peace, and in many cases without spiritual peace. So even though we're saying that Jesus is the Prince of Peace and He has come, we are kind of frustrated because that doesn't really, that's not what we see. Oh, by the way, psychological and emotional peace more people than ever today are battling with those issues. You know, where is that peace? Where's that peace that's in my mind? Where's that peace that's in my heart? It's missing some. So we need to look at what the fix is for peace, where that comes from. And it comes very plainly. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 5, verse number 1, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God. How? 
through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I originally just put that slide up there, and then I got, actually this morning, uh, <clears throat> I got reading the context, and I thought I need to read a little bit more, and maybe even to whet your appetite for Romans chapter 5, which is such a great read. Uh, but, um, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him, we also obtain by faith into this grace in which we stand. We stand now in His grace, in His goodness, because of Him, because of what He gives us, because of His grace, and we rejoice in the hope and the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. What? We can rejoice in our sufferings because He has given us this peace. We can. Knowing these sufferings produce endurance. And endurance produces character. And character produces hope. And hope does not, uh, does not put to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. I need to read that again in case you lost uh, focus there. For while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Christ died for the ungodly. Hey, that's me. Remember I said last week when we talked about the Father that I'd be so happy if I don't hear the words anymore. I'm not sure God wants me. I'm not sure I'm good enough. Pastor, you don't know what I've done. At the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. That is so good. That's Romans 5, 8. Since therefore we have now been justified, how by his blood, much more we, we shall be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now we are reconciled, shall we be saved to this new life. Hey, even though we were enemies of God, he reconciled, he made us right. He gave reconciliation, he brought us peace with God. More than that, we also rejoice in God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have now received reconciliation. He has brought peace to that relationship. Um, if I, uh, I tried to break into an English accent on uh, uh, Patrick Henry. It didn't work too well. All my accents kind of sound the same and none resemble any actual language or dialect or anything like that. Uh, but uh, another, to quote a couple of other Englishmen, okay, that uh, you might be more familiar with. Uh, the words uh, come out, um, we, oh, we can work it out. I'm sorry, I couldn't remember the words. The old Beatles song, we can work it out. Or the old Beatles song, help, I need somebody's help. Okay, those two phrases kind of look at how we are going to achieve uh, reconciliation. We can try on our own. We can work it out. We can think maybe somehow I'm going to make peace with God. Maybe I'm going to do enough to appease God. Maybe I'm going to do enough to satisfy a holy God's wrath. Maybe, I, you know, maybe I'm a good enough person that way. I can work it out. I can make it. I can survive in life. Or we can say help. I need somebody's help. And look to the fact that that peace, that reconciliation can only be made through the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus has given us that, that fix so that now we can have a peace with God. But not only a peace with God, 
but we can also have the peace of God as we go through our lives. And the key word for that is this right here, fixation. So God, we start with a frustration because where is the peace? And we understand that the fix is found in faith in Jesus Christ. But to walk in, in that peace and to know that peace is part of my everyday life, what I need is a fixation. The scripture says you keep him in perfect peace, Isaiah wrote, whose mind is what? Stayed on you. Some translations actually have the word in there, whose mind is fixed on you, because that person trusts in you. You will know perfect peace who's, uh, for the one whose mind is fixed on God. Now, we're, uh, we're on a little break from small groups right now. They don't meet during December, but uh, I would encourage the small groups, if we met, had them, to talk a little bit about how do I do that? Okay, so I want you to think with me for a little bit. What does that look like to keep my focus on the Lord? Now, uh, in my carnal illustrations here for a second, I was thinking there's a movie called Runaway Bride. I don't know where Julia Roberts keeps jumping on FedEx trucks, trucks and things like that to get away from getting married. But in there, the guy that wants to marry her uh, always does this. He goes, focus right here. We always remember that. So sometimes, you know, we would do that with our kids. Focus <laughs> right here. Uh, keep your eyeballs right here. I want you to find that thing that will help you come back to and focus on God. Okay, what is going to bring you back? Uh, gathering at church, great. Okay. Um, Christian music, great. You know, maybe there is even a, an item or something that you would keep in your, uh, the journal maybe is what brings you back, daily journaling. But whatever that is, I hope you'll say, God, you'll know, help me to keep that focus. What is it that you want to have that brings my focus back to you? Okay, uh, probably the best scriptural illustration of this, when you think about Peter, when Jesus was walking on the water, and Peter's like, <laughs> in typical Peter fashion, I'm in, I want to walk on the water too. Uh, so he heads off there, and we remember that when his eyes are on Jesus, he's doing, he's doing well, but when his eyes get off Jesus and look at the circumstances, then he's sinking. And so often, that's our, we need that focus, come back to that. I've been reading, uh, I think early next year, we're going to go through the book of Joshua and just talk about the, the battle, the fight is on, let's get, let's get involved here. But as I'm reading that, I'm watching the children of Israel, and as they're walking through the Jordan River, which God has parted, God says, hey, pick up some stones and collect them and build a little memorial on the other side, because I want you to remember what I've done there. I want you to have something that you can focus on. I want you to have something that brings you back to that. And I want to encourage you right now to take a moment and just in your mind, say, yeah, what would be that great thing for me as far as bringing my focus back to you? And I hope you can, you know, maybe, again, maybe there is, you know, a little, I don't mean an idol, but, you know, a little statue that reminds you of something that you have. You know, we have a precious moment statue type thing, you know, the, well, that's not precious moments. I don't know who it is, but it's a little couple. Uh, it talks about a time when, when God was real present in our marriage when we were having a difficult time. And, you know, we kind of focus on that and think about those things. Uh, but what is it that God would give you that would be that focal point that would bring you back? Okay. Now, the suggestion is so elementary I get a little embarrassed when I do this, but I, but I, but I have to do it. What will bring you back? The Bible says this, great peace have those who love your law. You will have peace if you love the law of God, and nothing can make them stumble. Before I get into what this verse means, I want to tell you, for years I misquoted it. I didn't misquote it, I misused it. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing will offend them. So if anybody was bugged, like if James came to me and said, he kind of bugged me with that. I'd say, yeah, well, if you loved the Bible, you wouldn't be offended. <laughs> By the way, one of the worst things that you could ever do is use the Bible for a weapon. 
Just don't do it. If you ever catch yourself, uh, you know, firing a verse back and forth, oh, yeah, well, you shouldn't be judging people. That's really a stupid argument to get into. Uh, But what does this verse mean? It doesn't really mean that you won't be offended like, oh, that bugs me. It means that you will not stumble. Okay, what it says here in the ESV. So it says, love the Lord God, you'll have peace, and you will not stumble. So what am I suggesting you do for focus? Here's, here's a rocket science idea for a pastor to give you. Read your Bible. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what else I can tell you. You know, that's why a lot of times y'all say something like what I did this morning. Say, Romans chapter 5 is so awesome. Read it. I think last week or the week before, was it Romans chapter 8? Awesome. Take some time and read it. Spend some time. Man, it's so good. Read it over again every day. I think you'll get something new every day uh, out of Romans chapter 8. So read your Bible. What else? Yeah, we're going to get really deep now. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. That's bringing your request to God. Uh, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and what's going to happen? The peace of God, <laughs> one that we don't even understand. It's going to be so good because it's going to fit in situations of life that uh, wouldn't normally bring peace. It's going to guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. So again, profound pastor thought of the day. You've never heard this at church before. I just came up with it this week. This is revolutionary. I want to recommend to you that you read your Bible and pray. I, uh, my uh, friends, uh, works with the four and five year olds down the hallway and, uh, Marissa must be down there th- this week. I think, uh, I think sometimes she drives Marissa crazy because, you know, Francis just goes off on her own little thing. She likes to sing the songs that we sang with the little kids when our kids were little. Uh, so she's down there and she's singing with them. Marissa's probably like, that wasn't in the curriculum, but as a pastor's wife, what can I do? Uh, I can't, can't fire her uh, like that. But, uh, but Francis likes to sing with the little kids. Read your Bible, pray every day. Anybody remember that? And you'll grow, grow. Look, she's all over. Uh, we're going to do a, a husband and wife duet here uh, on a day we didn't shower. Okay. Uh, <laughs> But uh, read your Bible, pray every day, and we'll grow, grow, grow. Uh, it cracked me up because last week she was saying she's, she's teaching them, neglect your Bible, neglect to pray, and you'll shrink, shrink, shrink. And I thought, I said, you really think those kids know the word neglect? <laughs> Why don't you try forget or something like, uh, like that? But I, again, I know this is ultra simple. I mean, I know but before I say it that th- this is simple to say something like this, but it brings our focus back. The peace of God comes if I love the word of God. Great peace have they which love thy law. The peace of God comes when I take my request to him, when I talk to him. A peace that it doesn't even make sense. My life's chaotic as could be, and yet there is a peace here. Why? Because I've, I've dumped it on God. I've given it to God. I've prayed about him. Uh, I'm sorry, I've, I've prayed to him, talked talk to him. So if you would, okay, don't, don't leave this point for a second without that, without saying, okay, what is the thing in my life that's going to help me focus? Okay, you're going to have a tree in your house, or you have a tree in your house going to help you, help you focus on Christmas. What is going to bring your focus back to God? Because that's the peace. His mind is fixed on him, and we get easily distracted, so we need something to bring our mind back. So, so we can have peace with God through Jesus Christ. We can have the peace of God as we go through life. We can also uh, look forward to and wait for a peace that comes from God. So we need to go full bore into the Christmas season right now, okay? You know those words? And heaven and nature sing. What song is that part of? 
Joy to the world. Okay, you know those words, though. In heaven and nature sing, and that makes sense. Little kids sing that, you know, in heaven and nature sing. They all sing his praise. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Oh, he sing that. And in another verse, we have something else we repeat. We repeat, repeat the sounding joy. Okay, he rules the world. Uh, and uh, we're going to repeat the sounding joy. Repeat. Okay, so little kids are singing that. They know what it means, right? Okay, in another verse, I think it's the fourth verse, we're going to sing about and wonders of his love. He comes to uh, make the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love and wonders of his love. Okay, where am I going? There is one other verse that I have sung, and I've sung with my whole heart because I sing it, and I would have no idea what on earth I was singing. Far as the curse is found. <laughs> Can you see a little kid singing that at Christmas Eve or whatever? What am I singing? Far as the curse is found. It doesn't really make any sense, does it? Well, what, let's see the rest of that verse. Okay, this, this, by the way, I was trying to find a version of the song that sang this verse, like, you know, everybody has versions of joy to the world. Very rare. They skip over this verse because it's a little bit hard to digest here. Here's the whole verse. No more, Isaac Watts wrote this, no more let sin and sorrows grow, nor thorns inf infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow, far as the curse is found. Far as the curse is found. Okay, he comes to make his blessings flow in a world that now is cursed. The thorns are growing, folks. The sorrows abound, do they not? And the sin sometimes seems so rampant it's unbelievable. But in his kingdom, this isn't going to happen. This is going to be gone because his blessings are going to flow as far as the curse is found throughout the whole earth. Forget the curse, forget the sorrow, forget the sin, forget the thorns, forget the hurricanes, forget the uh, tornadoes, forget the floods, uh, forget all that stuff, uh, forget the heartache, forget all those things that, that sin brings and that sin has brought into this world through the curse because his kingdom is going to rule and reign, he is going to rule and reign with a peace that spreads far as the curse is found. Okay? I like that. I'm sorry. I want to break into singing right now. If I led you, we would all be crying. So we won't do that. Uh, but, uh, but that's awesome. Far as the curse is found, this king is going to reign. So we have a peace that is with God. We have a peace that is part of our lives, so we have peace uh, in God. We have the peace of God in our lives, and then we have peace coming from God that we await, that, that we look for. Now, another verse that I wanted to show you is from Colossians chapter 1. Uh, Colossians chapter 1 is uh, the premier chapter in the Bible on what we call Christo Christology, or it talks so much about, it just describes Jesus Christ, tells us most about God the Son so much in there. And in there, uh, it says, for in him all the fullness of God. I don't know if you remember, I don't remember if it was last week, the week before we talked about that. Jesus was not part God, part man. He was all God, all man. And in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. Well, let's look at what that next verse says. And through him to reconcile, bring peace to himself, all things, whether on earth or in heaven, everything he is going to do, making peace. Come on now. Come on now. Where is it? Boom, right there. God says, how am I going to make peace? By the blood of the cross. Okay, that's the only way that there is going to be peace. In a world that cries, peace, peace, there, but there is no peace, I don't find it. There is only one avenue of peace. And no one, listen, no one is going to know true peace apart 
from the blood of the cross. That was shed to reconcile us to God. That was shed to bring us into a situation of peace with God. We could say it like this, just kind of in a little bit of a corny way. We will never know peace, P-E-A-C-E, until we have that peace in our life, that peace, P-I-E-C-E, of that which is Jesus Christ in our life. We will never know true peace until we have that peace which for many folks is missing. So that is why, you know, I implore you as we start into this, we've got a couple more weeks, we're going to dig into the idea of peace and how this can be part of our life. But we come back to that first verse, what we looked at, just the idea that it is peace in him. That's the only place it's going to be found. And then we look, think about that word shalom, which means really that there is a fullness, that there is a satisfaction, and that that will only be found in him. So I implore you, if, if, this, if Jesus is not in any way part of your life, I plead with you to, to, to realize that Jesus Christ came to make peace. He came to bring you back into relationship with God. You say, well, I think I have one already. I don't mean to be argumentative, but the Bible says you don't. If you go back and read what I was reading in Romans chapter 5, it says that we're enemies of God, only made right through the blood of Christ. This is the only way to really have peace with God. We can talk ourselves into the idea, well, I feel pretty good about myself. I'm happy for you. <laughs> that was sarcastic if you didn't pick up on that. Uh, but the... But the truth is, God says that this peace is only found making peace by the blood of the cross. Now, something exciting that we get to do today is take a little bit of time and remember that. And uh, I want one to mention, if you are watching at home, we've had a little bit of trouble streaming some of the things, and a lot of times the music goes off. So you might be getting ready to, to turn off the computer or whatever like that and stop watching. I, I did want to tell you the song that we're, we're going to play during communion. Uh, it's simply a song called Peace. It's, it's by We the Kingdom. You can find that real easy and listen to it. And I think you might want to do that now, just to talk about that peace that we have in Him. So that song is going to play in a few minutes. And while that song plays... We're going to go ahead and ask you to, uh, to serve um, the elements of the Lord's Supper really to yourself by, by coming up. And uh, up here in the front, we have on each side of this table, so you can line up at each side, we have the cups of juice and we have the crackers. And the same thing Josh is setting up back there in the middle of the auditorium that you can go back to. But what we are going to do is just take some time and just remember that the peace of Christmas time, the peace of our lives, is made possible by the blood of the cross. You see, God became man and took upon him human flesh. Do you, know, you know why? You, well, to show us a better way. I, I say this before. Yes, he showed us a better way. We can follow his example over and over again. He lived a perfect life for sure. But when he talked about the reason why he came, the reason why he came, the reason why he took on flesh was for one reason, and that was that that flesh would be torn apart that he would suffer and die to pay the price for our sin. So when we take the cracker, what we are remembering is the body of Christ. <laughs> Man, come on, don't take this lightly. Think about it for a minute. That means that the God of the universe took on human flesh, and that flesh is going to be ripped apart for us. And then when we take the juice afterwards, um, we remember that his blood, the Bible says the life of the flesh is in the blood, that his, that his blood or his life blood was poured out for us, that God gave his life.
making peace. That's how we can have that peace. So the music's going to play in a minute after I pray. I'm going to invite you, like I said, you'll see a line form here and here and then back there. And you can get the elements, and then we'll take the elements together when that, when that is over. Uh, but we're doing this, again, to remember what Jesus did for us. If that is like, I don't really completely understand, I'd rather pass, please don't feel awkward at all. You are very welcome to pass. This is for those who say, I've trusted in Jesus Christ, I want to remember that. And if that's something you're not sure about yet and, and you, you'd rather not t- uh, take the Lord's Supper, that's fine. Uh, the other thing is, if there's, if there's any other reason where you'd rather pass, maybe there's something that, you know, I, just don't, I don't think I'm right with God, I don't think I'm right with somebody else, and I'd like to wait, that's fine. Please just observe and use that time that you could, this time that you can pray and talk to God a little bit. But, uh, but th- for those of us who take it, please, please, let's take it seriously, okay? Let's take it seriously and remember that this is the only way The death of Jesus Christ is the only way that I can have peace with God. So we're going to pray, and the music begins. You can get up and serve yourselves. Father, thank you. You you gave us this as, you know, something that we can do when we gather together to really stop and focus on you. And, And that's what I'm praying, Lord. I pray that all our attention is drawn to a cross or what happened on the cross, to the fact that God laid down his life. (laughs) We can think of the baby coming, taking on human flesh, and then we think of a cross where that flesh was ripped apart. And Lord, help, help us to realize now the gravity of this situation because that was done to pay the price for our sin. May each one of us take that personally now, I pray in your name. Amen. You've been listening to Pastor Dan Thomas of Community Church in Edwardsburg. For more information about the church, you can visit our website, edwardsburg.church. You may also contact the church via email, info at edwardsburg.church, or call us at 269-663-2648. Thank you for listening.